following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, bringing you the good times in music, fashion, pop culture, and entertainment. What's up, everybody? We got a great show for you today, and I'm turning off this. And uh, uh, before we get started, let's say hi to everybody, starting with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Am I not stunning in my new haircut? Do you love the little fairy bangs? Look, they're like little fairy girl bangs. <laughs> Look, the Sissy Mary bangs. All I need are hoop earrings, rhinestone hoop earrings and lipstick, and I can go anywhere. No, we cut my hair because, <clears throat> you know, I was, <clears throat> excuse me, I was letting it grow long, and I started to look like an old man who escaped from a nursing home, you know, and get that wiry, weird look. And let's face it, at a certain age, you just can't be too wiry anymore. So it's cut nice. See, nice, how pretty? Looks like, and he had to do that because we're yeah, going. I wanted to look like Cary Grant, <coughs> instead I look like Audrey Hepburn, but that's okay. That's okay because we're going to the Grauman's Chinese Theater to go see Betrayed tonight, as as Harley we... Wallen's film that Soon. we had on two weeks ago, and it's got lots of big stars in it. And it's going to be a lot of fun, so we're hopping out of here quick after the show. Also, we got to wish our man behind the boards, Mr. Chad Murphy, a hello. Hello, Jim, and hello, Sissy Mary. How you fellas feeling? <laughs> you know, in my day, that's what we would call guys that were a little effeminate. Sissy Mary. Sissy. Oh, he's a Sissy Mary. Never heard. Of I was him. I was called a Sissy Mary a lot, and I said, no, excuse me, my name is Sissy Ron. You look far sissy from Sissy. Mary. You're looking good, Ronnie boy. I like the haircut. It's cute. It'll grow in three weeks, and I'll be happier. But anyway, so there we go. We got a chat room full of people. What's up, chat room? I don't know who some of you are because you don't have names there, but Dave Hughes from Stars Now UK is there. So hello, Dave. We got Ilya Roos from Estonia. Michaela Singleton is in the chat room. There's other people that said hello. I don't know if anybody's got us because that's not her normal name. But what's up, everybody? We got a great show for you today. We've got Max Wassa coming on first. And she's a, an actress, a gorgeous beauty, a music manager, a music producer, does all kinds of great stuff. And, uh, and then we have... I thought you wanted to kiss me. No, oh, and then we have Kiki Epson. <laughs> then we have Kiki Epson coming on, you guys. And uh, Kiki Epson is the daughter mm. of Hollywood legend Buddy Epson. Who you remember from <clears throat> Breakfast at Tiffany, who played uh, Pa, or old... What was, the, what was his name? Old man? No, um, Pop, Pa... Something. Somebody out there, let us know. He was know. on the Beverly Hillbillies, you mean. Yeah, but, that w but his better performances were in Be Breakfast at Tiffany. He played the old man husband of Audrey Hepburn who came back. Remember then she launched him on a bus and got rid of him because she wanted George Pippard. I can't blame her. I mean, who didn't want George Pippard? 
who I saw at El Rodeo Elementary School when I went up to see my kid do her thing, you know, the, her teacher's parent day, and who was there but George Papard looking for his, I guess, daughter or whatever it was, and here down the hall came this gorgeously stunning man in a gray suit with an overcoat over his arm, walking quite elegantly, and it was George Papard, but I was too busy because I was with um, Sassoon's wife, what the hell was her name? Fidel um, uh, Sassoon? Yeah, Vidal Sassoon's daughter, Katia, was my daughter, uh, Leslie's good friend. And then Katia, of course, you know, committed suicide, which was tragic. But Vidal Sassoon was a great hair cutter of the 1970s and 80s. It was not Valerie. What was her name? You're asking me. I'm not even born, hardly. Oh, she was so nice. Sassoon's <laughs> wife, I liked her. And she had on Wrangler jeans one day, and I said, why aren't you wearing Sassoon? She said, I don't only wear Sassoon. I wear everybody else. It wasn't Wrangler, but it was somebody else. Anyway, that's a story. Calvin Klein was big. <clears throat> yeah, but Vidal Sassoon, Sassoon jeans. Actually, you know, he never designed those jeans. Somebody else copped his name. And Sassoon jeans were not Vidal Sassoon's jeans. He did it. He did hair care products. Yeah, he was a hair cutter. We had a picnic out at El Rodeo on the lawn with the parents and children after this kit day. And I was on the blanket with Vidal and his wife. What was her? Valerie? Not Valerie. Oh, my God, I can't think. She was such a lovely girl. And uh, with Katia and Leslie, of course, and um, a few other people. We had a nice afternoon, and I found Vidal to be very charming, very friendly, and very down-to-earth. He was in no way uh, a snob, but he was a star, you know, star in the world of haircuts. Everybody had to have a Vidal Sassoon haircut. But he was a nice fellow. I liked him. See, I remembered that now. So if I'm writing a book, I would have forgot that. But now I remember. So now you know you got to go write it down. Well, we're trying to get me to write a book, but I can't remember all the celebrities I have known in my life because they're in the hundreds. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I've been running around these streets of Hollywood forever, meeting people, going to parties, doing interviews, being in films, you know. So it's very difficult uh, to remember everyone. So, Chad, what's the weather like in Florida? That's actually, I don't know, probably about mid-80s, high-80s, something like that. Blue skies with scattered white fluffy clouds. It's not too bad. It's cooling down a little bit from the 90s and all that. Blue skies. Yeah, we were like in the 80s. Smiling at me. I think we were in the 80s last night. Like, we made it. Can I see? Hang on. Let's talk. I'm singing. I know, but nobody wants to hear blue skies. Never saw the sun shining so bright. Never saw things going so right. Anyway, we got it to like 85 last night or something, which was nice because down from 100 and, I don't know, 106 or something. The weather is gorgeous. I was out with Baby yesterday, my little yellow quad. TT Roadster with the top down, and it was wonderful. We drove all over Palm Springs, and Baby and I had a good time. Baby. Yeah. Another thing I'm I found out about Buddy Epson is he's actually the singing voice. Go ahead. Hang on. Chad's talking. Oh, was I? Uh, he's actually the singing voice for the Tin Man in Wizard of Oz. Oh, wow. I didn't know okay. that, but I looked up under his IMDB, and it said the singing voice for the Tin Man. That's cool. He well, was, he sang a lot. He was a great singer. Really? Because he was actually supposed to play the Tin Man, but they put some type of aluminum powder on he, him, and he had allergic. an allergic reaction, right? And then they got the uh, the guy that you saw in the movie as the Tin Man, but he did the singing voice. Yeah, and she's a great singer, too. She sings in this one-woman one show we're going to go it. see. Cool. Right on. That we're going to play like a little premiere for it. I cannot wait to go. We're going to opening night, big, big event, formal, darlings. You know, I'm going to do Joan Crawford. Watch. See my Joan Crawford face? couple... <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. what she looks like. 
couple That's VIPs. That's my John Crawford face. Nice, Ron, nice. No! Why are hangers, you little bitch? Anyway, you guys, so we're going tonight to see Betrayed, and then on Sunday, no, Saturday, I keep saying Sunday. Because you're, do- you're a dummy. We're going with uh, Ron and I and Thomas Churchill and Alexis Iaconu, who's also been a guest on the show, and we're going to see a horror movie, Red Carpet Premiere, called Clown Motel, filmed at the actual Clown Motel, which is a... Like a uh, a haunted motel that's like always like all the ghost hunter people are always going to. And nothing to. terrifies me in the world except clowns. That's my the same f- thing Alexis said. She's like, I don't like clowns. I hate, <laughs> no, I love happy clowns like the famous clown Kelly. Kelly, the famous clown that used Bozo. to... Bozo. No, Kelly. The, before your time, there was a famous clown. No, it was Kelly. Something Kelly. And he used to sweep a spotlight on the stage floor of the circus at Madison Square Garden. And those clowns were nice. Then... A hundred years ago, I saw a stupid movie called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. <laughs> and they wigged me out because they were freaky-looking clowns with ugly teeth and stuff. So clowns do upset me. Now, have it what it will. You like Killer Clowns. It's my favorite horror movie. Now, I'm in a movie. We start to shoot in a couple of weeks. And I play a cross-dressing clown who is a horror clown. So that has got to be probably one of the most outstanding parts I've ever had in a film because I'm going to be in high heels, fishnets, a push-up bra with boobs and clown makeup, and I'm a psycho wacko, a horror killer clown. So I don't know what they're going to do to me. You know, that happens at makeup. But anyway, there'll be lots of pictures on Facebook, and we're certainly going to talk about it here because it has to be the ultimate. Is that film going to be out in Halloween time? No, they no, they shoot it. We're shooting in October. Before they edit, no, it won't well, be maybe next year for Halloween. Maybe next year. It'll be a great Halloween. Anyway, I'm a, I'm amongst a bunch of other clowns who are horrible, psychopathic clowns. I guess I think we invade a town or something. I don't know what the hell it is. Another one of those crazy horror movies that we laugh at. I can't wait though to go see Clown Man Motel. Hopefully, Martin Kleba is going to be there. And Martin Kleba is a little person. And he's a little person who's in all the, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Uh, he's got a big role in all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I've always wanted to meet him, so I think that'll be fun. And some, but a bunch of the other people. When that you are, started that sentence off, I thought, oh, how sweet! I can't wait to see Ron's film. I thought you were going to say, what's Ron's film? That stupid clown thing I'm doing. Oh, that's not. I, I thought you were going to be excited to see me in. Fishnets. I will be. I will be excited to see you in Fishnets, but that's like a year away. This one's in four days. <laughs> But you didn't. You didn't even give me credit. See what happens when you ha- when you marry in the business. It's a total competition. He's jealous. He's very jealous of me of whatever I accomplish and do. I get a movie. He has to put his face in it. He's not an actor. I am. Stick to this stuff, buddy. Anyway, I'm not going to comment. Joe Crawford. Yeah, listen to him. <laughs> Anyway, it's going to be fun, you guys. Uh, everything is going to be fun. We're going to get to hang out with Churchill and Alexis this weekend. I'm going to that one. And tonight and we're going to meet a lot of cool also, people. And also, my sweetie pie. Sadie Katz. My Sadie Katz. But she told me she has a wedding, and so she's not sure. So she's Oh, are you know. kidding? No, but hopefully she'll make it. Is she coming tonight? No. Oh. But she'll be coming uh uh, she, I think she'll end up coming on Saturday. You guys, we love Sadie Katz. Oh, I, no, I love Sadie. He likes her. I love her. She's, well, my, uh, she's my little pet. You know, she was friends with my daughter, Deirdre, 20, 25 years ago when they used to hang out up with uh, Joaquin Phoenix and uh, what's her name? The one, uh, Barrymore, Drew Barrymore. They used to go to her house for parties and Christmas parties and stuff. So they hung out all these actresses of then who are now starting to happen. So you're 
people out there that want to be actresses don't think it happens overnight. My daughter is in the business like 20 years and she's still trying to get somewhere. It takes a long time, my friend. Yeah, you have to really enjoy it. By the way, for fans of Deirdre's, she'll be on our show Halloween, that Wednesday of Halloween. Yay! So Deirdre's coming on so we can have a really dishy time finding out about the gossip and dirt about all the Hollywood And after we have our first guest on, we're showing a video, uh, the Captains and Kimonos party at the Antiques Galleries of Palm Springs, and... um, the video is not great, but it's okay, and uh, there's lots of interviews, and Deirdre's in that, so you'll see Ron walking around talking to everybody wearing his bathrobe. <laughs> no, it's not a bathrobe. <laughs> Don't you ever call it a bathrobe. I thought you were wearing what curtains. Is it? Tim, Tim Blacker, who at the time was doing Guys and Dolls on Broadway, who has worked with uh, Barbara, uh, the hell was her name, Barbara, the one that did uh, Ronald Reagan's wife's clothing, Barbara Carrera. Not Barbara Carrera. Anyway, I'll get back to that. And William Wiley Long. William Wiley Long did everybody on Broadway, all the Broadway shows. And Tim Blacker was a dear friend of mine. And after I did a show impersonating Jane Russell, I would go out on the stage to thank everybody at the nightclub for coming. And I used to put on a bomber jacket with fishnet stockings and high heels. And I thought it was kind of fun to be in a man's jacket, you know, kind of like Judy Garland in man's clothes. And Tim didn't think it was glamorous enough. So Tim, surprising me, made this beautiful robe that if you go on Facebook, you will see it. Now, this is about 40 years ago, maybe more. I've kept that robe, and Tim didn't believe me, and he lives in Kansas, now retired. So I took pictures of it, and Tim was overwhelmed that I kept his robe all those years. And I said, Tim, I love you, and I love the costumes you made for me. And the robe was a gift, and what a gorgeous gift. So I honored it. And Tim Blacker is probably one of the best uh, costumers in our business. And so he wear it, wore it for the Captains and Kimonos party. Exactly. And it went out, went out all over the world. Uh, now 45 million people, four, 45, no. Four and a half. Four and a half million people will see it. So and anyway. Tim will see it too. Yeah, but we'll be playing in a little bit. Hey, Chad. That's me. Um, is our guest online? Do you see her? You betcha. All right, so let's play The Absence Project is the name of the band, you guys. The name of the song is Heroes. We're going to play this, and then uh, while we're playing that, we're going to get Max Wassa on the line. Let's do it. All right, everybody, enjoy.
right, fellas, there you go. All right, everybody, so that was The Absence Project. The name of the song was Heroes. It's a fabulous song, and I was introduced to us by our next guest. Her name is Max Wassa, and I just want to make sure, before we do a formal introduction, we want to make sure we can hear you, so say something. Hey, everybody, how are you? Yay, we can hear. All right. Now, everybody, we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Juan Russell, the incredibly talented actress, model, music producer, scream queen. I don't know. She does everything, basically, like everything. She's super talented. She's super gorgeous. She's Max Wassa. Hello, and welcome to the show. Hi, you guys. Thanks so much. Let me introduce you to everybody, starting off with my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hello, Miss Diane Lane. <laughs> Everyone has Hello, Mr. Richard you? Gear. <laughs> oh, that's a better one. Oh, I love that. Matt, oh, you're in, kiddo. You're oh, I'm gonna be so nice to you today. Woo, Richard Gear. That one I've never heard. I've gotten Tony Curtis all the time and once or twice Carrie Grant, and I fainted from Carrie Grant. But Richard Gear, whoa. Yeah, I like that one. That's whoa, a good one. I like that too. Anyway, you got some head of hair, number one. Gorgeous. And number two, was your name Wasserman? No, 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 just Wasa. Just uh, wa sweet. Wasa is water in German. Yes, it is. It's yeah. uh, originally Vasa from um, Sweden. Right. My, my family hails from. Oh, that's cool. Hold on, we've got. I tell you, these Swedish broads are beautiful. I know. <laughs> no shit. No, I'm not kidding you. The people, I've, you know, Anita Ekberg was Swedish. Who was more gorgeous than Anita Ekberg? Nobody in the world. I mean, right. she had a pair of bazooms and they were real. I mean, Anita <laughs> Ekberg was, she was the symbol. I loved her. In La Dolce Vita and in Boccaccio 70. Oh, my God. Anyway, mm -hmm. you Swedish broads are beautiful. You're well, a beautiful thank you. girl. And I'm gay. I'm not hitting on you, so that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so let me introduce you to the man behind the boards, Chad Murphy. I agree with Ron. She is beautiful. Welcome to the show. Hi, got Chad. got a good one today. And then we have a chat room full of people, so say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi, chat room. And, and give a special shout-out to Dave Hughes. He's, uh, he's in England, so just say hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. He has this thing about like uh, all the beautiful women that we have. He really only turns. <laughs> yeah. He only listens to the show when we have it's beautiful true. women, and he's got this thing for Sadie. Smart and man. so he just said, "Oh my God, who, you know, you got another wait, one now." Who hasn't got a thing, for Sadie? Sadie Katz, everybody. Right. We're talking Sadie about Katz. Katz. Gorgeous. Got, guys, you know she's got a body on her. Jimmy had a clothing line years ago, and he's got a lot of beautiful gowns and stuff in storage. And Katie did a show Sa for us. Sadie. Sadie, I'm sorry. Sadie did a show for us. She's like a size zero. Oh, wait, wait. Max, you saw the dress. One of the I dresses, did. because at Dark Delicacies, when all you guys were signing autographs, she wore this cool, red, weird, wet dress with the wings. That's mine. I, I made it. I love that. <laughs> That's, that's a great dress. That was my dress that I made. Yes. So there you go. Everything I'm super jealous. Everything, Jim. Well, no, when you come to visit us, he'll give you something, too. <laughs> Um, everything that Sadie put on of Jimmy's fit her like it was custom made. She's got quite a figure. So yes, everybody, definitely. first of all, this is Max Wassa. So you can uh, number one, you can follow her on Insta uh, on Twitter. She's at Wassa Matter W A S A M A T T E R, and uh, uh, we want to put out that her website is MaxWassaOfficial.com, which she also has a Facebook page, a Max Wassa Official Facebook page. And I don't know what who are you on Instagram? It's something else. Onion, Onion Peeler. Why are we onion peeler? Because I peel back the layers to get to the core. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> That's what I do I on this it. show. I peel back the layers. Tell me now, why are you a scream queen? I don't know. 
I mean, are you in Scream movies? Yes, I am. I, I've been doing horror films since I'm seven years old. Wow. She's yeah. been in all kinds of cool Scream Queens with all the people that have been on the show. That's kind of like, it's kind of like six degrees of separation because well, we've I, known about each other for 15 years, but we've never met. I want to work <laughs> with you. You know, I'm in Sadie's film. We're shooting in October. I play it. Are you in you that film? Um, I don't know which one it is, but I'd the love one, to be in it. <laughs> I, play, I, play, I play a cross-dressing, uh, wacky clown, scary, Ooh. nutty clown. It should be quite a character. But anyway, yeah. I'd love to work with you. It would be fun. So first yeah. of all, I could play your father or your mother in drag. It's either, either way. Or my Richard Gere lover. Oh, well, that's nice. You're so sweet. I like you. Oh, she's staying on the show forever. She's got all kinds of great, you guys. Um, and those teeth, are those all yours? They are all mine. You didn't have them capped or anything? No, she's, I never even had braces. Oh, God, oh my God, gorgeous. that's so I'm fabulous. I'm telling you, you Swedish broads are made well. There's like cars, like cars. I think that's the Egyptian side. Oh, you're Egyptian too? So yes. am I. Are you? Well, not really, but I feel Egyptian. <laughs> he wants to be. He, he's not, you know what it is? On my father's side, they came from off of Israel, the island of, of Sassarika or whatever the hell it's called. It's not far from Haifa. Now, originally, we were Egyptians that went to this island and then to Italy. So I, I have a, such a strong feeling for Egypt. I, Jimmy promised me for my 80th birthday, which is in two years, that we're going to go to Egypt. He's giving that to me as a gift. I must see the ruins. Well, I, I must have walked around those ruins in the past life because I feel I, I feel Egyptian. Right, Jim? Yes, absolutely. He loves all that oh, stuff. Oh, I love Egyptian. I love the art. Well, I want to go with you guys. <laughs> absolutely. Well, come. I love, the, I love the colors. I love the paintings. I love the, the, the whole Egyptian gold and red and orange. and the, I would like to do my house all Egyptian. Jimmy Wong. Yes, it's gorgeous. I would like to do my house in horror memorabilia. <laughs> I have an office filled with horror and superhero memorabilia. Right, we're talking too much. I want to hear from her. Got no, so here's, wait, wait, got a boyfriend? Uh, well, you know, my personal uh, personalness. <laughs> I try to not talk about too much. Um, okay. but can I maybe make, I do. Can I make a point? Maybe I do. Today, people don't care about your music. They don't care about your career. They're not interested. What they're interested in knowing is who you are inside. I'm yeah. peeling away the layers with you. So if you, this is a talk show. It's not an interview show. It's a friend's talking. Maybe we were in my kitchen having coffee and Benjamin's crumb cake. So I would ask you these questions in person. You have a boyfriend. Yeah. If, if not, maybe I have somebody for you, that kind of thing. <laughs> So let, let's talk about you, the person, the human being, not just the celebrity. Because you're interesting. The celebrity, everybody has. Everybody's a celebrity. But right. what, what makes you interesting? Now, I know you're Egyptian and you're yeah. beautifully Swedish. Those are two good points. Now, let's hear who you are. I like the fact that you are not just an actress and a beauty and that you do so many other things. First of all, too, we should tell everybody, and I don't know when you were in Playboy, but I read it online that you were, like, in Playboy. So she's super gorgeous, you guys, because you know they don't ever put anybody who's, like, like got even an ounce of fat in Playboy. So, so she's just she gets, smoking gorgeous. She gets around. <clears throat> so she's been in Playboy, and she's an award-winning music producer, you guys. And to me, that's, like, a really big deal because I work in the music industry and in the film industry just like she does. And we, we never get anybody who does that who does both of those two categories. So how did you get interested in, in doing the whole music producer thing in the first place? 
Well, you know, I grew up doing music. I play five instruments, uh, classically trained, and my entire family is in the music business. So when, uh, you know, later on in your career, you kind of turn from being the front of the stage to kind of working behind the scenes, and I had always studied audio production, so I uh, went into that a bit, kind of fell into my lap, and, um, you know, 20-some-odd years later, I won for uh, a Lifetime Achievement Award for producing the first woman in uh, history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Hallelujah. <laughs> and, what are the five in- and what are the five instruments? Um, I play French horn, flute, piano, guitar, and trumpet. Oh, my God. I love it. And who was like... <laughs> Okay, so like, who are like your musical, well, popular musical influences? Because I'm sure you work with like a lot of people, and I might not know who they are. But like, growing up, who are some of your popular musical influences that you were like, oh my god, I love these people? Um, you know, there's your standards that I'm pretty sure everybody had, like Queen and uh, Rush, and you know, those kinds of bands. And then I had like Thelonious Monk and um, Al Jarreau. Um, you know, I I love jazz. I love Latin. Um, I love hardcore. <laughs> and so I I have a huge range of music that I'm influenced by. So I okay. take a little piece of this and a little piece of that. Born here, born in Sweden, born in Egypt. Where were you born? I was born in Philly. <laughs> Philadelphia. That's funny. We just moved. From, <laughs> we just moved from, from Doylestown, from Doylestown oh, to nice. here. We're Where in were you Palm in Springs. Philly? Where were you in Philly? Um, Southside. Okay. Philly, good old Philly. Oh, wow. Yeah. South, South Avenue, is where, yeah, Princeton Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we had a lot of fun. We were there for five years because we had to for business. But um, I, the only thing I didn't like about Philadelphia was they were anti-gay. Not the city, not Center City, but Doylestown. They didn't care for gay people much. And everybody, really? was, yeah, and everybody was a Trump, at, you know, Republican. They all loved Trump. So you couldn't voice your opinion by being free thinking. They would mm-hmm. like immediately say, you know, you're not American. Literally, like we lived in a place and like the neighbors would come in front of our window and, and start like dancing and going like, fuck you fags and stuff like that. That's like in front true. of our house. It was terrible. It was unbelievable. Well, I will never go there again. <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. No, Philly, though, was great. We had a blast yeah, in Philly. Silly is, Center City is so gay and fabulous. And I <laughs> love the hospitals, the doctors, the town, the city. Everything is fabulous. Philadelphia is a wonderful city. And if you can't live in New York and you want to be on the East Coast, move to Philadelphia. Center City. God, is it great. Now, what's, yeah. with, the dim- what's with the diamond in your head? Um, well, that's to kind of protect my third eye. So whenever I'm out in public, uh, in order to kind of reserve my, my soul, <laughs> basically, because that's another part of what I do. Um, beautiful. I, that's, that's to protect my evil, the evil from yeah, me getting the evil. The Italian eye. horn. I right? wear my horn, my Italian yes. horn. Anybody yeah. wishes me evil, it goes right back. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love, I, I love you. I, I think you're the sweetest thing. She's so sweet. <laughs> you're not telling me you have a boyfriend. He's got to have she's a not boyfriend. Tell Maybe you. a she girlfriend. Does, I know, I but she know. doesn't want to tell you that. So all she has to, to say is yes. I don't want to know the size of his dick. I just want to know if she has a boyfriend. <laughs> I may ask that question later um, on. Well, maybe. You she's know. saying maybe. Maybe she's got lots of them. Because if you follow her on Instagram, you guys, you get to see all the cool stuff she does. She's always going to cool. Uh, 
cool events and cool things like we do. And she's always with, first of all, she's always with all the most beautiful women ever. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, beautiful women always hang out with beautiful women. Because <laughs> the ugly ones hate them and don't want them around. <laughs> no, that is not true. And it's all women. All women oh. are beautiful. No matter what their outside is, they are beautiful. That's a good philosophy, though. I like that. Well, not all women. I was married once. My wife wasn't all the women that are beautiful. <laughs> I mean, she was beautiful looking. She looked like Vernalisi, the Italian actress. She was a model, Andrika. Mm. But she uh, abandoned us for 35 years. She never saw her children. And then she oh. passed away, never seeing her children. So she wasn't a good mother, a good-hearted woman. She was a, a very selfish um well, they say the Dutch people, that's it. That's nothing. Dutch people abandon their children, I heard. It's part of their culture. They're very tough with their children. They can say goodbye and never see them again. Whereas the Italians, you know, we drive cars through windows to see our kids. We get hysterical. <laughs> we slit wrists. You know, we do everything. Yeah. As, as, as with your culture, I mean, the Egyptian people, my God, with their kids and food. Have you been to Egypt ever? I haven't. I was uh, supposed to do a film there uh two years ago, and they couldn't ensure my safety, so they wouldn't allow me to go. Oh, well, that's good. I mean, because we now that's wanna... a bummer, because you look Egyptian. You have that exotic look. I mean, I could see you as a belly dancer in a, in a wonderful film, a spy. You're a spy pretending to be a belly dancer <laughs> in sort of a James Bond film. Wouldn't that be exciting? Actually, that would it. be fantastic. Let's write it. That's yeah. right. Let's write it. She and, and 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 you keep all the uh, microfilm in your navel in the diamond in your navel. Ooh. Ooh. And James Bond makes love to you, and he pops the navel. <laughs> Wait a second. Okay, let's ask though. Like, so if you were going to be in a movie with somebody, if you were going to be in a movie and you could have any male as your uh, co-star, who is somebody that would be like on your bucket list? Like, oh my god, I would love to be in a movie co-starring with blank, and you can't say Ron. Mm. I can't? Oh. <laughs> so you have to give me your second uh, pick. <laughs> um, you know, it depends on the genre of film. Okay, uh, let's let's do a horror and let's do a love story. Well, horror, um, you know, the great Tony Todd is a favorite of mine. We love we him. Love He's been on Tony, the show. He's, and we, we, we know him. Tony. We love Tony. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, um, Daniel Craig, uh Matthew McConaughey, Bill. Oh, I like Cos Daniel Craig. Yeah, see, she's got good ones. She no, no, I don't like Matthew. I, he doesn't do it for me. <laughs> really? And, and How Craig come? Has, because there's something about him I find not sincere. Oh, by the way, we saw The Wife last night. Go yeah. see it. Glenn Close gives an Academy Award performance, and you must look at her eyes throughout the film. She has learned to use her eyes to tell you the story. She was breathtaking. From the moment the film started to the end, I was totally engrossed with her. She is quite an actress. Yeah, you, and you, the story is good. And everyone out there listening, four and a half million people, go see it. This way they'll make more films like this, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Decently, wonderfully written. Not like some of the blow-up garbage of today. What do you think about the blow-up garbage of today? She stars uh, in a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> So true. No, no, wait, hang you on know, a second. some of my own wait, films, I'm like, I... But, but wait a minute. <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't you like, seriously, and I know as an actor what you would like, wouldn't you seriously like a dramatic part that is so intense and so meaty that you could truly show the world what you've got inside of you? Yes, amen to that. Me too. Um, 
You know, it it drives me crazy sometimes. Uh, I get probably a script a week, and you know, eighty percent of them have a shower scene, and out of nowhere, you know. No, okay. So it, it just infuriates me. Um, I understand that they're like, well, you know, it's a good selling point, blah blah blah. No, but, no, 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 no. You know, I I'm a martial artist. I'm trained i do stunts i want to kill people i want to do action (laughs) and i want to do a meaty story with you know a dramatic edge and you know show what i can do i've been doing this since i'm a child right so you know (laughs) come on i I love that though and like uh, i hate that i mean i i get i'm gay or whatever but like that doesn't have anything to do with it when we see all these like movies and all of a sudden they throw that shower scene I mean, not that I'm not really interested not in anyway, but I, but I don't like it. Just I think I didn't. It never fits, and I'm always like, why do they have to put this in here? It, but like, what I just like, and I it. fight all the time, and I'm sure you're going to join me on my feelings. Women, you see the pubic hair, the crack, the ass, the boobs, the nipples. The guys laying there naked, you don't see anything. Right. Not that I, not that I want to see his dick. That's good too. But why do we do that? We exploit the woman. But we don't exploit the man, and I think that's totally wrong. If you're going to do a nude scene and show the woman naked, you must show the man naked for equality. I I agree completely. But they only want to get you naked. All of the details, you know, because I don't think it's necessary really for a plot to see every little piece of a person. But, you know, whatever you show on a woman, you should show equally on a man. Oh, thank you so much. I agree with that 100%. Because it's kind of not fair. Now, like this Chris Pine. Chris Pine is supposed to have the biggest penis in the world. So now everybody... Oh, yeah, he supposedly duct tapes it to his leg when he films. Maybe all bullshit publicity. But uh, everybody's going to... He does full frontal, and his movie premiered at the Toronto Film Festival like a week and a half or two weeks ago. And the lines were around the world. And and ever since then, that's all they're all talking about. If you Google it, Google it. They don't show it. Just Google it, though, and you hear it. So now all the actors who are well-endowed, they all want to do frontals. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad. I'm glad because, again, don't... Make the woman look less because she's naked and the man look more because he's hidden. That makes the man that has, in other words, it makes the woman like cheap. She's a piece of crap. You know, show her boobs in her box. What difference? But the guy, he's the man. You don't show anything. I think that's hideous. You know, I get a lot of flack because of Playboy. So people naturally assume that I'm going to be naked in a film. I've never done full frontal anything even in playboy i'm not completely nude so it kind of drives me crazy when people say oh you know you're going to do this film or that film and be completely naked in it no i'm i'm probably not no. going <laughs> you, i'm sure if i saw the playboy layout it's artful it's it done is. Be, it, it's not pornographic and right. you have to tell people i'm not a porno star I'm a right. movie star. I'm a movie star, I, not a porno also, star. For Playboy, I signed a celebrity contract and not your typical playmate contract. So, you know, I had different rules about how I was going to be seen. Which is terrific. Which is an art form, not sleazy. Uh, right. And I don't think that, like, being naked in a film... I mean, I think being naked in a cheesy horror film, because even though it doesn't match, but I think if you're, like, in a... In a like, in the, in the movie that we saw, uh, The Wife... 
You know, like they had a sex scene, but they were all closed, so you couldn't see anything. But I mean, if you saw a little bit of flesh in that in a really dramatic, great movie, and it's part of the, it actually belongs in the script. To me, I think that's way different than just like well, all of a sudden I, you got a shower scene. I had an issue with that because my cause in life is fighting ageism. I have been fighting with Hollywood through Facebook, through writings, through Stan Zimmerman, through everybody in the world that. Because I'm 78 years old, and I just did a, a, a cheesecake shot in a robe with a leg hanging out and it opened. That's on Facebook, and everybody loved it. And I said, even at 78, you can be sexy. So right. the, scene, the scene where Glenn Close and her, I forgot his name, are in bed together, they could have shown a little something. Because at 78 years old, we do have sex. And we do get naked. And we don't have blankets over our necks. <laughs> So I found that to be a little ridiculous, and he rolls on top of her, and he pulls the blanket up to the back of his hair. Now, they're both, you can't even see her. She's covered by a blanket. I mean, I just thought that was so, like... Too much. It was just stupid, you know. Why? They were afraid that people were going to go, ooh, old people having sex, ooh! You it know. was fantastic. It was such a great movie. Until they get old. Then when they get old, it's okay. Well, people like you and Max are never going to get old because you're always going to look good. <laughs> well, because we have we have good genes. And you take care of yourselves. Yes. Yeah, that's, the, that's part of it, you know. And, she, we're, and, and we're in a business where you have to look good. She, um, she has a movie called Astro. I just want to plug this movie because we actually had, uh, right before we moved here when we were still in Pennsylvania, we had Marshall Hilton. Uh, yes. on the show and he's in this movie and I and I also bring it up because I think he will like it because it's a space movie right a sci-fi movie I love him it is a sci-fi movie and um, it's a you know a fun kind of campy interesting uh, action sci-fi I love it so that's something and I think it's on Amazon Prime now so we can watch it and then yeah. you did you did another movie yeah, and I'd I like to see your work I, I, I don't think have I ever seen her work I don't know if you have or not. Well, you probably have, and you just don't know it. No, because there's so many movies you've made. I'm sure I've seen your work, and I'm sure I. I also am bringing up Death House, and the only reason I'm bringing up Death House is because literally we've had half the cast of that on on the show. Um, So she did a movie, you guys, like two years ago, I think, called Death House. Had. uh, Debbie Rochon's been on the show. Bill Oberst Jr., Sarah French, we just did Around the Table with recently. Oh, I love her. Felissa Rose, we just had. Lloyd Kaufman, Kane Hodder, Vernon Wells, Barbara Crampton, Michael Berryman. You know Dee Wallace Stone, Adrian Barbeau, and Tony Todd, and we know all of them. And so Adrian. I was like, oh, my God, this Ray, movie has everybody I, in it. I was at a pool party with Adrian Barbeau about 12, 15 years ago at, with Jane Russell and Julie Newmar. And... Adrian walks by and I said, hey, Adrian, how are you? My name is Ron Russell, blah, blah, blah. And I'd like you to come on my TV show, set the record straight. And she just looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, you know, we had a nickname for you when we were kids. <laughs> we were kids. I mean, she, that she didn't like. And she said, oh, I'm sure you do. I said, yeah, we called you Adrian Barboobs. And she just gave me a dirty look and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, when I was younger, I have naturally curly hair. And... um Everybody used to say that I was Adrian's twin, and that used to drive me a little batty. No, you're prettier than she is, <laughs> by far. Much. I much prefer the uh, Diane Lane reference. Absolutely. Though. You know what's yeah. so be- beautiful? And that's a, one of his Wait, favorite actresses. You, you, oh, I love her. You know what's good about your face is I paint. You know, I'm an artist as well. Your corners of your mouth are in the centers of your eye and your nose is perfectly where it should be so symmetrically your face is absolutely perfect which means 
No, which means it will photograph well and paint well. So if anybody had to paint your portrait, they could really get you to look like you. You have a very beautifully positioned face. Now, Sophia Loren, I met her in 1959. I was in a movie of hers called That Kind of Woman. And when I saw her getting out of the Cadillac in the morning before makeup, I thought she was the ugliest thing I ever saw in my life. Really? Oh, really? Oh, you're kidding. No, I'm not. She came out of makeup two or three hours later, and I couldn't believe what she was because they rearranged her face with makeup. They brought the eyes out more. They made the lips fuller, not so wide, but f so what well, makeup can change the face. She has probably the most irregular features of anyone. Nothing, nothing is right. The hook nose, the liver lips, the, the squinty eyes, nothing on her really should have made her the most gorgeous woman in the world. You know, she said to me one time, uh, she said, and I'll never forget, she said, Max, just in that voice, Max. Ma Max, yeah. Well, you <laughs> must always and never forget to wear mascara. Always, 100% of the time. And oh I was my like, God, how cool. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, I, I was not allowed, I was an extra, and Tab Hunter was in the film, and he became my lifelong friend from that film. Um, we just lost him a couple of months ago. You know who Tab Hunter is? Yes. Yeah, yes. anyway. So, Sophia's English was very poor. I speak fluent Italian. So, I snuck from where we were roped off. We were not allowed to speak to the stars. That In those days, they didn't do that. And I went... You don't I do it now, either. Well, fuck them. <laughs> Ooh, it made me curse. I didn't want to do that on this show. Well, anyway. you are a star, so. No, wait a minute. So I ran and I sat in uh, in Barbara Nichols' chair, you know, the stage chairs. And Sophia was next to me, and I told her in Italian, excuse me for intruding. I said, but I think you're wonderful and beautiful and welcome to America. And I'm going on and on and on in Italian. And she said, oh, thank God you speak Italian. Her English was very poor. And she said, I mean, even though I have an interpreter here, she said, it makes me crazy. She said, oh, I'm so happy. Where are you from? And I told her, Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn. You know, she was very impressed. <laughs> and we became somewhat little bit of friends throughout the three days of shooting. And she's quite delightful and very lovely and, and, and very sweet. And, and she kissed me on my cheek. When and he I, didn't want to wash it. And he didn't want to wash his cheek. And when I went home, my mother, I told my mother, I'm never washing my cheek. Mama, look, Sophia Loren Cook kissed me right here. So hold on, because I want to go over another thing real quick. I want to bring up, because we don't have a whole lot of time. And um, uh, so well, right before we go anywhere, you, you listening? Get this right now. I'm like your father. I'm going to be tough. When you come to Palm Springs, if you don't call us and come over for dinner, uh, I, will, I will ruin you in this business. I'll tell everybody that you're a man dressed as a woman. <laughs> We had we had Sadie over the other like, two weeks over. ago. We had such a blast. We have the best time. We always have celebrity people in the house. You know, fun people in the biz. Let's put it that way. Always we have party dinner parties with business people, and you'll enjoy yourself. It's not a boring. Well, movie. I will come and I will stay for the weekend. Absolutely, no, we can't. We can't have you for the weekend in our house. We have a 130 pound dog that hates people. I'm serious. It wants to eat everybody. Right. You, can, you can come for the weekend. You just you can't stay at our house, but you can come well, for the weekend. <laughs> unless we put you yes, in, of course. We could put you up in the studio and make sure Shazam doesn't attack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but everybody's terrified of him. But anyway, you guys, hang on. So Max, you guys, she has another company called Liquid Music Group. She does music artist representation. She's a music producer. She works with a lot of great bands. I don't know what the website is. What's the website? 
Um, it's you can find it on liquidmusicgroup.com, uh, I believe. There's um, Dark Star Records is the label that I work through, so you can go there, darkstarrecords.com. And you, and you have a gay punk band. Tell us real quick about the gay punk I band. I do, I do. They're called the Cox. And <laughs> yes, you are going to absolutely love Shocking. them. Shocking. The, um, they're in the studio right now doing the record and uh, a new sign signing to Dark Star and Sony Records, and they're going to be out and just killing it soon. I you can't wait. Are, are they their men live or, show because it's so much Are they fun. men or men or women? They are all men. They have to be men. The Cox. You're not going to have a woman in a band well, called I, I, the Cox. I have a lesbian yeah. friend. And she, she, <laughs> she has. A they big have heart. songs like Cheeseburger and Dick, and you know. <laughs> I love really, it. Really, really fun. You're gonna, you're gonna adore them. Uh, and when, when they come out, we're gonna bring them on the yeah, show. Yeah, we have I to have that. them on the show. Wouldn't that be fun? Because that'll be fun. With we you too. It. With you too. Yeah, you'll come on with now, them. Now listen, no baloney. I like you. I want to be your friend. Want to be my friend? Yes. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm we really are, serious. I've friends. taken to you. You're just the sweetest thing in the world. And what a pleasure to look at. Now I want to see you in your next film. What is it and when is it? Uh, Dead Slate. Um, that's a Carrie Fleming film. I'm super excited to do that. Stacy Lane Wilson directing, I believe. I'm not sure if they announced that yet or not, but that's uh, what's going to be happening. And so if they didn't announce it, you heard it here first. Right. <laughs> and what's, and what's your, and who's your character? What's your character? Um, I actually am the lead of this film, and I play a woman named Sammy who's a director, and it's a action horror film. And lots and lots of fun. Um, Yay! Great. So, so when are you shooting? Uh, we are shooting very soon. We're in the pre-production stage. You can go on IMDb and and see all of the other actors involved in that. So we're talking Absolutely. next year. We're talking next year, everybody. Before you can see this film, that's okay. But we're gonna yeah. have you back. Before we're gonna have that. Max back anyway because yeah. we love her. And no, we we're gonna have you back to push this film when you release it. And we're gonna have you back for the Cox because I think that sounds right. hilarious. And I'm serious. Yes, you're I'm serious about the invitation to our home for dinner. Let us know when we'll have some friends come over and you'll enjoy yourself. And I cook Italian food, so if you like Italian yeah. food. You're in. But I'm serious about this. I'm not just saying it. So everybody, I, this I've is... invited so many people, like uh, Linda Cherney. She came on our show. I fell in love with her. Now we're best friends. Also, Sherry Belafonte. Now she's my dearest friend. So everybody... Oh, yeah, we do. We, I, literally, we, we took us three years to get here to Palm Springs, but now that we're here, like, all the people who've been on the show... Like, oh, not, not all. Not all. No, all the no. people that we really liked a lot who came on the show, they've all... We've, you know, we haven't been here that long, but since we've been here, we've had about 15 of them to the house so yeah, far. If I don't click, I don't ask. You know, it's nice. It's polite. <laughs> I see them. Hello. <laughs> We'll have you come, and we'll have like like Churchill and Sadie and people that you oh, know definitely. come. Oh, so definitely. Yes. We'll have do, you, do you know Caroline? Yes, okay, Caroline of course. Williams, I love yes. Caroline. Uh, I, you, love I love her more. So we'll have Sadie, <laughs> Caroline, Churchill, the whole crew, plus our friends from here. And we'll have a ball. It'll be a great, great a day into evening. You gotta like I love us. So, so, so everybody, this is Max Wassa. Follow her in social media. She's at Onion Peeler on Instagram at Wassa Matter on uh, Twitter. She's got a Facebook page. It's official Max Wassa or no Max Wassa official and her website's maxwassaofficial.com. Go out and check out Astro or Death House or House of Manson or any of the other great movies she's been in and check out her music. 
Go to liquidmusicgroup.com and see all the cool things she's done. And we want to thank you for coming on the show. It was a pleasure, and you're gorgeous. We love you. You are Thanks. delicious. You are beautiful, enchanting, interesting, lovely. What more can I say? <laughs> but you're, you've made my morning because we have a very rough day. From here, we run to a red carpet and opening in at the Grauman Theater. So we oh. really, we've been going since 7 o'clock this morning, and I didn't think I'd have the energy now. But you brought me my energy, my sweet oh. beauty. And, and all things wonderful to you for the rest of your life, I wish. Thank you so much, and to you as well. Thank you, my Bye, dear. Max. See ya. See you, see you in Palm Springs. Back Yay. Bye, What's honey. up, everybody, too, in the chat room? We want to welcome uh, Dave Hughes is here and B. Claudie from Germany. What's up? And Pat Grant joined us. And everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed Max Wasa. Now we're going to do a little video. Chad, do you have the video? Wasa. Yes, I do. Alrighty, everybody. So this is the video for the Captains and Kimonos, hosted by Ron Russell. And uh, we'll forgive us for some of the sound, you guys, but I think you'll enjoy it. And it's a lot of fun. And it's called Captains and Kimonos, hosted by Ron Russell will, at the Palm Springs Antiques Gallery. Will we see this, Chad? No. Yeah, yeah you can turn on your monitor and watch it. Wow. It's, I mean, it's like yeah, what? Yeah, it's like almost 20 minutes long. Turn on my what? Monitor. How is that? It's 20 minutes. Anyway, go ahead for it, Chad. <laughs> go for it. All right, everybody. Well, I'll be in the chat. This is a monitor? What is this? No, that's a, that's yeah, a use monitor. that for a monitor. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome to the Antique Galleries of Palm Springs, the number one antique spot to stop if you're visiting or if you live here. Two floors, thousands of square feet of incredibly fabulous mid-century things and so old world collectibles. Now I'm going to introduce you to the people who run this fabulous, incredible store. They're gentle, they're kind, they're sweet, they're informative, but most of all, they're helpful. This is Leslie Serego. Hi, everyone. And Leslie Serego's my daughter. Hi. <laughs> That's why we look alike. We're gorgeous. Hello. <laughs> and this is... Thomas Whalen. I'm the store manager. And he's cute, too. So all you gay guys, come in and grab a load of the cutie. I'm married, but thank you. <laughs> well, I know a lot of men that are married. They cheat. <laughs> well, not me, but thank you. Thank you for the compliment. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this store. Sure. Uh, the Antique Galleries has been here about four years. So we started out with a handful of vendors. We now have over 42 vendors. We're 12,000 square feet, two floors of fabulous merchandise, vintage clothing, art, jewelry. You name it, we have it. Good. And I agree, it's true. Now, Leslie, tell me about, what did you find about being in this store? I know you love antiques. You're a connoisseur of, of dishes. My daughter knows every dish ever made in the history of man. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, it was really an education. I'm not, um, I wasn't really uh, exposed to a lot of mid-century modern, so I've learned a lot from the vendors and from Thomas. I also never really knew anything about maritime and military, and we have an amazing military um, collection. And I think really it's just been the people. You know, I moved back to Palm Springs. I haven't lived here in a while. And from the vendors to the customers, everyone is so friendly. It's really like a party atmosphere when you come to the store. We have a lot of regulars. You feel like you're coming to someone's house for cocktails. And that, you know, has really been the most fun. Well, I know my daughter loves working here because she comes home happy and tells me so. And we love having her here. We love having her here. Well, everyone does. No matter where Leslie has ever worked, she's left a, a line of people who are sad. Uh, I know most of the people over the years, and they all said, oh, we love Leslie. We're going to miss her. So come on in and meet the two of them. 
and you'll find warmth and friendship and something nice about this store. You won't be treated like a customer. You'll be treated like a person who knows what they want and let them help you find it. So long for now, because we only had 17 minutes on the opening. Thank you. Sorry about that. Bye now. Hey everybody, Ron Russell here at Antiques Gallery of Palm Springs, the phenomenally fabulous antique dealership. They have the best mid-century and world classic antiques. And right now I'm speaking to a very dear friend of mine, the fabulous mid-century artist and fashion designer, Mr. Garrett Lee. Hey Ron, this is a cool place. I really like the um, old glassware. I've been checking it out because it's kind of hard to find. And they have some great um, old-fashioned descansos for your alcohol. I bet, Garrett, you could have designed nicer things than this because you're so talented in what you do with mid-century paintings. By the way, you've got to own a Garrick Lee mid-century. Everybody in Palm Springs has one. And it's like if we go to someone's house and they don't, well, they're not in. Now, I love the old mid-century architecture. And so as a kid, I would sit on the couch with a actually a magazine with a piece of paper and I would sit there with a ruler and just design houses and I loved it so now that I'm an old adult I've actually turned it into quite uh, a cool thing where I use the computer to generate uh, more color and uh, cleaner areas and I sketch and they photograph it and it's dropped in digitally and uh, comes up with a really cool print now, Garrick, if somebody wants to buy something that you design, his cards, his, what are they, greeting cards are phenomenal. I have a set, and I'm going to put them into a frame and use it as a painting, as a picture, rather than the actual cards. And also, his watercolors are phenomenal. The mid-century, the automobiles, the hotels, everything is fabulous. Where can they buy your goodies? Well, they can buy them on my website, which is garricklee.com. G-A-R-Y-K-L-E-E -E. and they're also available downtown at a really cool boutique called Jill and in season uh, they're available at West Elm. Okay now where are we talking about? Where? Downtown Palm Springs. Okay. Because you didn't get where they could get it. We want them to know. that they had, We didn't want you to think you had to walk across the United States looking for his store. That's true. Anyway, he's a wonderful friend of ours, and we love him, and his work really is great. I don't go smoke up anybody's ass, as you know. So this is the truth. Thank you, Garrick Lee. Thank you, Ron Russell. See you later, my okay, dear. Okay, sounds good. Bye-bye. Are you bored? Do you look like crap when you get dressed? Are your black dresses just boring and black and not busy or happy? Well, then you want to talk to this gal. She's a designer of some of the best jewelry you wish you could ever have or wear. Take it from Ron Russell. I blow smoke up no one's ass. Hello, my name is Renee Medor, and my um, jewelry line is RM Inspired Designs. And I create all kinds of different uh, designs for a lot of local celebrities, like Bobby Eats <laughs> and Tristan Rogers, um, and also Kimberlyn Brown as well. She's also a soap opera actress, and several other actresses that I've created pieces for, and I just enjoy it. It's very therapeutic for me, and I love the creations that I do. Well, I'm sure if the people out there bought your jewelry, they'd spice up their boring outfits. Right, like this. This is one of my I know. I admired it. Thank you. I saw it, and I said, I love bling, and it's so stylish. It's not gaudy, cheesy crap. 
It's got style and class. Sitting next to me is a, a gorgeous hunk of man. Oh, and I'm married to Jimmy, so I've got to behave just a little bit. Not, not all the way, but just a little bit. Anyway, let's hear about you, handsome hunk. Hi, my name is Scott Corey. I'm Renee's husband, actually. I'm her gay husband. And she's my strife, my straight wife. Um, and I'm in the anti-aging industry, along with Renee. I'm also an actor. I also do a lot of odd things, but... That's Tell us story. about the odd things. I can't. This is on public television. <laughs> Now I think Jimmy's in trouble. So tell me now, um, exactly, exactly what do we do with odd things? <laughs> anyway, these two people are special people. And no kidding around, her pieces are magnificent. They will doll up your boring rags. Trust me, buy their goodies. You will never be wrong about it. And all your girlfriends will die of envy. Don't tell them whose jewelry it is. Never give that away. Let them suffer with their jealous little faces when they look at that piece of jewelry and go, I wish it were mine. Anyway, I want to thank these two for being in the interview. Bye-bye, honey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, folks. And here is my very dear friend, Tony Boris, who lives in Palm Springs with all of us and loving it as much as we do. And he is the founder, creator, and the CEO, president of Palm Springs Clean. That's K-L-E-E-N. The most famous cleaning service in Palm Springs. All the movie stars, celebrities, and VIP important people use his service because they are so happy with the work that he does. Tony, am I lying? You are wonderful, Ron. Thank you so much. And absolutely right. <laughs> we do. We try to do the best job we can, and everyone is always happy and uh, elated with their work. So tell me some of the homes that you've cleaned, like Marilyn Monroe. I used to clean the house that Joe DiMaggio bought from Marilyn Monroe. I used to clean the original Frank Sinatra's Twin Palms estate on uh, Calusa. And I used to clean, uh, gosh, I cleaned so many, I forgot. How about Cary Grant's house? Cary Grant's house, um, the original one, I believe, was on Tamarisk. Yeah. Beautiful, old, beautiful, old place. I cleaned many more, but I just like, I clean now, I clean a lot of estates and a lot of just plain old people's one bedroom apartments. Well, when you say I, you're not meaning you personally, but how many people are in your staff? We have about 19 in our staff, but I just want you to know that I started this myself, cleaning toilets one at a time, and I'm proud of what I accomplished. I remember when you used to clean toilets. I remember you used to joke about the Johnny Mop. <laughs> I used to call him Johnny Mop. I used to tease him about cleaning toilets. Because the Johnny Mop. Now, um, how many homes? How many homes do you clean? We have approximately about 150. 150 homes to clean. Wow. I've got one and I'm exhausted just thinking about it, let alone doing it. Tony, my love, see you very soon. Thank you. He's a very good friend, so I could say it. What do you want? Website. Oh, website. I'm sorry. You need the website, Tony. The website is uh, www.psclean.com. So go there if you're in Palm Springs and you're a filthy slob with a dirty, disgusting house with roaches and rats, and Tony will make it beautiful again. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. You're always a doll. Bye-bye. <laughs> I want to hear what you've got to say about this fabulous place. 
Here we go. One, two, three. First visit here, even though I've lived in Palm Springs for three years, and I kept on wanting to come here. So a caftan party was the ideal time, and it's fabulous. I look forward to coming back and exploring more thoroughly. Well, you're a stunningly looking, beautiful woman, and you only grace Palm Springs with your presence. Look how beautiful you are. Come here, gorgeous. And this gorgeous girl, she's going to tell you who she is and what she does. I'm Dylan. I have a lifestyle blog called Palm Springs Fabulous. And it's all about Palm Springs lifestyle and all the great people, all the great architecture. I'm inspired by this city. I've been here for two years from LA and originally Australia. And I just find it to be a big bundle of color and creativity and I just I love living here. I do also and I'm happy that you're here because you're so pretty. Oh, Have you. a great evening. Thank you. Nice to okay, meet you. Okay, nice to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. It's 30 years old. It's very becoming. Thank you. Thank you so much. You just need a chaise lounge. Yeah, I have one home. I'll bring it along next time. And like two women, like, you know, okay. yeah. on each arm. Yeah. Okay, good. we got to go. We have a lot of people to do, so we have limited have time. Night. Okay, bye-bye, honey. Thank Thanks you. This is a good buddy of ours. She's going to tell you who she is and what she does and how fabulous she is. That's so easy. <laughs> Sherry. I know, but I say, Sherry! Because that's how she spells it. S-H-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-E-
And here she is, the little bunny, the cutest little bunny. She's the DJ now. I don't know how she got to be the DJ, but she came in as a guest and now she's the DJ. Let's hear about a little bit of you. Hi, I'm Kiki, and for years I hired DJs, and then one day I said, I can do this. Why don't I DJ? I love vinyl, and we want to bring vinyl back to Palm Springs because this digital thing the kids do, uh uh, that's not real DJ. Hey, everybody. Are you looking ugly lately? Do you feel like shit? Do you look in the mirror and say, oh, my hair looks like sauerkraut? Why can't I find a good hairdresser to make me look beautiful? Well, guess what, folks? I'm opening the door to magic because sitting next to me is Palm Springs' most fabulous hairdresser, hairdresser of the stars, and I'll let him tell you all about it. <laughs> Thank you, Ron. Well, my name is Scott Ferreira. I work at Salon 119 in lovely downtown Palm Springs, a celebrity stylist, color specialist, and we're located at 350 North Cannon uh, Drive um, in Palm Springs. And uh, come down and see us sometime. So tell us about some of the celebrities that you've done. He's done one of my dearest friends in the world, Miss Jane Russell. Oh, yes. I traveled with Jane for many, many times. I hold the mic. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I travel all with a lot of celebrities. I was traveling with Liza Minnelli, Sofia Loren, Gina Lola Brigida, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. Joan uh, Collins. Joan Collins. I love Joan. She's a sweetheart. Um, many, many, many. I've worked in Beverly Hills for 30 years. So um, I've been around the best. And he is the best because I've seen, you know, some people that were in Palm Springs with the long, stringy, crappy, boring, nobody here. And suddenly they go to Scott and they look wonderful. And you look at them for a few minutes and you go, did you get a facelift? You know, who did you make? Oh my God, it's your hair. The cut is so beautiful. It makes you look soft and young and sexy. So if you're looking for great hair work, trust Ron, I blow smoke up no one's ass as you know. This is the guy you want to see. Right, Scott? Thank you, Ron. No, but it's the truth. He's great. Look at the people he's done. I mean, he didn't do like Joe Blow from Kokomo. He did stars. Anyway, we're going to fade out now. And this gorgeous girl seated next to me looks just like her gorgeous, handsome father. I look nothing like, I look nothing like my dad. I think she looks like me. This is my beautiful daughter, Deirdre Sarego, who is an up-and-coming shooting star in film. She's an actress, and she's a damn good actress. Why? Because... She's my daughter. <laughs> oh, how children do no wrong. <laughs> Not my children. So, Deirdre, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you, what's the word I'm looking for, aspire to be? What do I aspire to be? Oh, my God. I aspire to be so many things. Uh, number one, personally, uh, a good human being, which I think I am, so I try to be more of that. Um, and professionally, I want to do it all. Uh, I want to still continue to act, although I've kind of now put it more on the hobby side, but I think that might be changing in the near future, so I, uh, that would be really great. I'm also getting my real estate license, and I'm also becoming a Reiki master, so I'm kind of doing a little bit of everything. Um, it's so funny because the more I, I go away from entertainment, every time I say that's it, I'm done, I always somehow get brought back to it or sort of pulled back into it, so I don't really know what the future holds. Well, is there a man in your life, a husband, maybe one day, God, I wish? Um, there might be a man in the future. 
Uh, if you're out there, call me. <laughs> and if you call her, there's $5,000 in it for you. Uh, I will gladly write you a check if you marry her, of course. If you date her, you get zippity doo dah. Anyway, we got to cut it short. Since you're my daughter, we don't have to push it long because we're running over time and this is going on uh, Roku and it's going on our TV show Wednesday. It's coming Wednesday. And all of you know who Deirdre is because she's been on our show. So sign off. Do you guys miss me? I miss everybody. I miss all the fans and the Jimmy Star show and all the followers. Maybe one day you'll see me do a guest appearance again on the show and I'll come say hello and hang out in the chat room. But until then, I miss you guys. Stay in touch. I hope to see you all on Instagram or FaceTime or Twitter. Any of the above. There you go. Love my daughter. Bye, everybody. All right, fellas, there you go. There you go, everybody. So that was it. Captains and kimonos. Ron, you still have the glasses on. Nice glasses, Ron. Well, listen to the studio I work for. I didn't bring my glasses, and I wanted to see the video of everybody at the kimono thing. And I said to Jimmy, you know, are there any glasses in the studio? And they gave me eyeglasses. Those are the only pair in here besides my own, and I have to have mine oh, so I can see. Do they have a budget on this show? They're fitting. They're not wow. supposed to surprise you. They're not supposed to supply you with glasses. Then they look like Cary Grant, though, with the glasses. No, 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 normal. no. Give me your glasses. The black glasses. Watch. You want to see me do Cary Grant? I did Joan Crawford, and now I'm doing Cary Grant. Watch. B really, B really loved it. So thanks, B. I'm glad you liked it. Thanks, Pat. Thanks, everybody. Glad you liked, uh, liked it. And we didn't get to test the sound out, so that's why the sound is like messed up. Because usually we do better with that. But oh well. Okay, let me have the glasses. I back. would just recommend don't hold it so close. It's a very sensitive mic. Yes. Yes. Sensitivity. There you go. Um. Anyway, you guys, you can check out antiques. Antiques, galleries. Oh wait Palm a minute! Springs. Oh my God, we're doing the whole show. And we forgot to do a shout out. Oh, everybody over at Home Depot in Palm Springs. I'm so sorry. Forget it. Jim. Jim is the the manager of Home Depot in Palm Springs. Jim is fabulous. He is absolutely the best manager in the world. He is wonderful. He's like a friend. He takes care of you. Any complaints, anything you want done, he'll do for you. You've got to go to Palm Springs uh, Home Depot like we live in that place. And, of course, Amy, the manager, I love her to pieces. Everybody there has become our friends because we live in there since we're remodeling the kitchen. But Jim just does everything wonderful. So, Jim, I'm sorry I didn't put you on the beginning of the show as promised, but you can watch it whenever you want on uh, YouTube or any of the thousands of places we are. So thanks again. Who's the other person that we're supposed to say? Shout out to Max. Oh, Max at, Lo uh, at uh, Nordstrom's Rack. Oh, Max at Nordstrom Rack, right. It could be I was shopping. Ron had a great time like talking to the guy at Nordstrom's Rack while I was shopping. Very interesting young man, and we had a wonderful time, and he's nice, too. So you see, when I go shopping, I just don't treat people like salespeople or whatever. They're my friends. I like to get to know them. I interview them. I talk to them. I find out who they are, what they're all about, and they like that. They want to be people. They just don't want to be, and then oh, can, sir, could you get me this And then he calls too? the manager over and says, this person is the best employee. You're so lucky to have them. They were made my, my shopping experience so wonderful. I mean, Ron really is great. Um, no, and the manager said, we appreciate that. All we get are complaints. I said, that's why I do compliments. 
years and years and years ago when I used to shop at Bloomingdale's, we used to send letters to Bloomingdale's, you know, executives saying that this salesperson was very kind and very nice and helpful. And that person would get like a flower or a ribbon or some crap. You know, what, you're giving me with no oh, more time? we got to go. Yeah, we, I've got the, the show's moving. over? No, we've got stuff to do. I, you got to stop this. Uh, we're out of time. All right, so everybody listen up. We're getting ready to call our next guest, Kiki Ebsen. And uh, before we call her, I'm while we're six thirty, while we're calling her, we're going to play the trailer. It's called "To Dad with Love," a tribute to Betty, Buddy Epson. This is the show we're going to be seeing, and this is the promo video they did for it. So while we're getting her on the line, we're going to play this for you. Uh, it stars Kiki Epson. She's fabulous. Check out this video, and hopefully by the time it's over, we'll have her on the line. memorabilia from my dad's era way back when he was starting his career in 1930s you gotta sing before breakfast croon a tune and rejoice before you use that coffee pot you lose your voice I found his script from Born to Dance his songbook from The Wizard of Oz I can wild away the hours conferring with the flowers Salting with the rain My head I'd be scratching While my thoughts were busy hatching If I only had a brain My dad loved the music of Cole Porter, Gershwin, Rogers and Hart I loved the music of Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin and Alice Cooper And I'm thinking to myself, who is this guy? Who's this guy that I call my dad? Because I really have no idea. I wanted to sit down with him then and talk, you could bet. But that time had passed. The only way now would be through music. Well, the first thing you know, gentlemen in there, the kinfolk said, Jed, move away from there. Said, California is the place you ought to be. So they loaded up the truck and they moved to Beverly Hills. Swimming pools, movie stars. He always wanted me to be a jazz singer. His dad's like, I'm going to spank her behind. How dare she say that to me? But he realized that really, she was just trying to conserve her energy. The catfish is a dancing man, but I can't, 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 like a sardine can. Tuna's trucking left and right, Rino's mooching, what a night. There won't be a hook in sight at the catfish ball. Just because somebody's out of your life does not mean they are out of your life. I 
fellas. There you go. All right, everybody. So now we're going to see if we can hear Kiki. Chad, I still hear stuff, Chad. Yeah, it's got a little bit of tail to it. Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. <laughs> there you go. Kill it. Get a gun and shoot it. Kill it. Knock it off. Kiki, say something. Let's just make sure that we can hear hey. you, and then we'll do an introduction. Oh, yeah, we hear her. Fabulous. Here she is. My, my Lauren Bacall. I swear to God, she looks like Lauren Bacall. Have people told you that? Have Actually, they? I've heard that before. Well, maybe once, yeah. Yeah. So I, I knew her. I knew I, I knew her, and I interviewed oh, her. Yeah. Oh, sure, I interviewed. I sat on her lap. How do you like them apples? Hang on, let me do an intro, yeah. and then you can tell stories. Okay. All right, all right, everybody. Now we want to welcome. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, the incredibly talented and gorgeous actress, singer, musician, and the very talented daughter of Golden Age of Hollywood icon Buddy Epson, Miss Kiki Epson. Hello, and welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Thank you oh so much gosh. for having me. That was, that was a mouthful. You had so much great stuff going on, and I, I want to say you are such a great singer. Like I was like Googling you and watching all kinds of stuff on YouTube, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't know why you're not like the greatest jazz like singer on the planet that everybody like just knows your name. You should be, and, and you're just and fabulous. Me, still time. Still time. Yeah, oh, absolutely, absolutely. There's and lots me, of time. meeting you was a fluke. Talk about things that have to be. Timing. Right, right. I mean, I had we never, the- I didn't have a clue who you were. We were in the lobby, and I said, "Oh, look at that pretty lady. She looks like Lauren Bacall," <laughs> and that's how I believe I started. I started the conversation. I think I said, "You look like Lauren Bacall," and then I found out who you were, and I was so impressed because I thought your dad was absolutely, probably one of the uh, most adorable, charming, talented. Love the way he swung when he danced, those legs and all, like a big, big puppet. He was terrific. He was definitely oversighted by Hollywood. Um, For those of you out there who don't know who we're talking about because you're young, if ever you've seen the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's with Audrey Hepburn and George Pappard, you will remember, uh, what was his his title, his name again, you died in that movie? Doc Belightly. Doc Belightly. Yeah, she was married. She was married. She was married to Doc when she was a little girl in the hillbilly, and he came to get her, remember? And then they put him on a bus. That's Buddy Epson. Hang also, on, before you keep wait, talking, though. Wait, one more thing. Also, he danced with Shirley Temple years ago. So hold on. Before mm-hmm. I know you already know, Ron, but we need to do this because this goes out, and not everybody. A lot of people might be tuning in because you're on, and they've never heard of us before. So I know you know, Ron, but we'll do our introduction to my cool, outrageous man about town, Ron Russell. Hi. Then, I just got so excited. Then we've got the man go behind. Right then we have the man behind the boards, Chad Murphy. <laughs> Hello, Kiki. Welcome to the show. Good to have you. Thank you. We have almost every country represented in the chat room, so just say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi. <laughs> there you go. And everybody, what Ron was talking about is we went to a movie premiere called When I Sing by Linda Chorney, who Which we had on the fabulous, show. Which was fabulous, by and, the way. And Ron, all he did was bitch for two hours driving to L.A. We're going to go see this shitty movie. I'm not going to like this movie. Why are you dragging me to this? And all he did was bitch, and he was mean to everybody until no, he no, saw no, no, the no, no, film. No, 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 Wait a second. You're making me out to be a horror. I had a TV <laughs> show. No, I had a TV show where I, in, where I interviewed, guess who? Lauren Bacall. Cliff Robertson, uh, Jane Russell, uh, the list just goes on and on and on. So when I used to go to red ties or red carpets, black ties, they were always wonderful. But now that the theater, that Hollywood has changed and there's a new genre of people, I go to these weird kind of things in crappy theaters with people looking like rag pickers. 
and I don't care for them. I don't. And we it, look you know, like rag pickers. Now, I'm sure because of your dad, you've been to the galas of the of the 50s and 60s that were wonderful in yeah. 70s and yeah. 80s. So I was. And that is something I'm trying to reclaim. I, when I do go out, I try to dress, you know, dress up and bring back look, a little bit of glamour because I, I agree with you. You look like. How do you think I saw you? If you look like a rag pick, I would have walked by you. I'm a snob. <laughs> You look, you look so stunningly beautiful, and you were Lauren Bacall, and I had to compliment you because Destiny was bringing me your way so I could promote your musical that's going to go to Broadway because it's going to be sensational. So you now, guys, wait a minute, I'm not finished, and you can have the floor. Just give us good seats. <laughs> you're the first ones on the list. Are you? You're going to be totally hooked up. Okay, there you good, go. You love it. Good. So, so you guys, you saw the trailer we played before Kiki came on. Uh, the name of her of her one. It's a one woman, woman play, right? For all yeah, for all intents and purposes, I have a band that backs me up, but I am the, the main uh, character. There is a little little surprise in there, but I don't want to give it away. Um, but yes, it's called "To Dad with Love," a tribute to Buddy Ebsen, and it is a, a daughter's search to reconnect to her father. So it's starring you know, Kiki Epson, you guys, and it's Friday, October 12th sat at 8 p.m., Saturday, October 13th at 8 p.m., Sunday, October 14th at 2 p.m. at Theater West, which is in L.A. on, I don't know how you pronounce that boulevard, Kahuwe, how do you Kanoga. pronounce that? Kawanga. Kanoga. There you go. Kawanga Boulevard you? West. I don't know. Kunaka. I don't know what it is. And for anybody who's younger, you do know Buddy Epson. You might Kunaka. not. You might not know him from Dancing with Shirley Temple. Even though I can't imagine anybody who didn't see Shirley Temple as a kid. But 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 in future uh, later years, he was he was the Beverly Hillbillies and the Barnaby Jones and. Uh, That's right. Uh, all kinds of like great credits. And but if you watch Turner Classic movies, you're you see him see all the him. time. In the 1930s, when he must have been 22, 23 years old, what a handsome six foot five, skinny Belink he was. Oh, and he had a grace about six, him. Six, three and a half. Oh, six, six three, three and, and a half. I thought he was six five. He looked so tall. But he had a grace about him, the way he moved. He was always in dance. Even when he was not dancing, he had this graceful, swan-like, you know, momentum. He was fabulous. He was one of my favorite people. I look forward to seeing him in films. And I'm so pleased to know you, my darling. And I think the chip oh. off the old block, as they say. So, it's, wait. Sing, all the records sing. behind you. All the records. Those are all your records? Uh, well, they're all records I was involved with. I'm, I've been in the music uh, business for a long time, a few decades now, and I'm a keyboard player, and I sing, and I write music, and I've worked with groups like Chicago, um, Tracy Chapman, or a few of the records up there, oh my and God, a lot of them were actually playing on tour, you know, going on tour and supporting their records. You went on much. tour with Belinda so, Carlisle, right? You went on tour with Belinda Carlisle. Belinda Carlisle. Huh? You when, on, I love, was, I don't know when, but it was like you. I saw. Yeah. Uh, I, I googled you and found out all kinds of stuff, and I was like, "Oh my god, I love Belinda oh, Carlisle." Well, she is. Yeah, it was a great tour. That was in '91, and I went out with Al Jarreau, Boz Skaggs. Uh, I spent 20 years with Christopher Cross. Oh my Michael god, he's my guy, Christopher. Oh, he like, you like Michael oh, McDonald too? <laughs> uh, Michael and Christopher, you hit two of my favorites. You know, we we listen yeah. to we listen to Yacht Rock all the time, which is three eleven, and they play yeah. all those people that you just mentioned. They're all on repeat there. <laughs> I cannot turn on those radio stations without going. Oh yeah, I played that song. Uh huh, and I did that one. And that one. <laughs> no, it was a wonderful life, wonderful, wonderful experience, and I love. I always just wanted to play in a band, so. Me coming out, although I was raised in the theater, my mother had a theater, my dad was a, a major actor, my, my sister was an actress, and so 
but that was a little crowded for me. So I went into music and I made my seven records and, you know, I was a rock and roller from the 70s and my dad wanted me to sing jazz, which is how this whole thing came about is that we sort of butted heads about our, my career and I went on and did my own thing. And then he got older and we started to disconnect and right at the end of his life we reconnected in a very powerful, powerful way. And I made this record for him after he passed away and dedicated it to him for his Father's Day. Scarecrow Sessions is all the songs that he loved, songs from shows he was in, like Moon River, Codfish Fall, um, Easy to Love from Broadway Melody of 1936. That started me on this journey where I found a trunk filled with all this memorabilia. This is after he passed away. And I mean, I, I pulled some stuff out here just to kind of tease you with, but I've got like handwritten letters that talk about him working with Shirley Temple and, and creating the dance for the codfish ball. I'm reading his day-to-day -day account. I have the, the script from Born to Dance, you know, the, the MGM musical. And, oh, this one's amazing. This is the songbook from The Wizard uh -huh. of Oz. That is so cool. Now, Chad, Chad, our man behind the boards, well, before we brought you on, he said he was Googling Buddy Epson and found out that he, he was the voice of the Tin Man. He just wasn't in the suit, but he did all the singing for the Tin Man. He was. <laughs> so here's the thing. and this, My show really talks about all these things and tell, you know, brings truth to a lot of the heart. Part of the stories people know, he was cast in the Tin Woods. He, he was the Tin Man. They, there is footage. He was in the movie. He and he got, got sick from the makeup yes. that he inhaled. He inhaled the aluminum dust, and it coated yeah. his lungs, and he couldn't get oxygen to his blood, and he collapsed, went in the hospital, almost died, and then was recast. So there's footage of him in the movie, but they they scrapped that footage because they read, if you know any of that history, The Wizard of Oz, we had a lot of problems, and for, you know, the first month, they ended up scrapping the director, right. the footage, they changed all of it. Um, yeah. hair, blonde brunette, you know. So, yeah, there's a lot of interesting stories about my dad. And then there's my story about my growing up with him and living and growing up under the shadow of such fame and how I emerged and found my own voice, you know, and I continue to evolve. And I think it's really inspiring for people, especially as we get older, to know that we're not obsolete anymore. It's, it's business. Oh, yay, yay, no, it's yay, true. yay. I love you more now. I'm, an, I'm fighting ageism. Right, Listen. so what? Too so bad Bob wait, too bad Bob Osborne is not still alive. Because I would have called Robert and I would have said to him, You must get this guy on TCM. This you, the gal, and she's gotta show her memorabilia and she must talk about her dad, the way Kim Novak did, Sophia yeah. Loren did. Oh, that You've would got be You've got to be on that show. I'm I serious. Think you're right. Everybody out there listening, if anybody knows that, because I don't know the new people there, that fellow with the glasses. What's his name? The new one? Yeah, I know. Uh, 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 Mankowitz. I don't know him. I have no con Bob. I knew Bob. Uh, I knew from yeah. years ago. But I agree with you. I, I bet we could contact. Them. I bet we could just. I bet we could just contact them, though. I bet you could just if contact I don't have them. them. I, I could have years ago. I had Bob's New York. That Mankiewicz guy tweets with me. I Never. don't know. Like, remind I, me that. Remind me that. Right. Kiki, and let, let's let's see if we can happen. put something together and see if because, we can make that you know, happen. It, it's about your dad, and he's so much of Hollywood. Yeah. And I think it's time that people take these people out of the shadows. I'm sick and tired of just the superstars. You know who I love, Cary Grant. I mean, you know, who doesn't love Cary Grant? But I mean, <laughs> uh, I'm sure you, your dad had stories oh. about where Shirley Temple a bitch, a little brat. You know, was she nice? Well, was you know what? I'm just reading the letter, and I was I lit right before you called about how he was talking about, I'm working on this number, and he said she was a very well-behaved, amazingly unspoiled child, but she was a little clip. 
he called her, a little clip, which means she knew what was going on, and she had a healthy disgust for the business because they worked her like a dog. I mean, they, it yeah. was like, he called it slavery. I mean, well, Judy, Judy Garland, the same thing. Same thing. And so my dad, there's a, there's a famous story about, you know, that my dad tells. He has a great autobiography, by the way, which we, we have at the show. It's uh, The Other Side of Oz by Buddy Epson. Yay! And Thank God he wrote hold, hold it up longer. Hold it up longer so you, people you, you can didn't see. Hold it up you guys, enough. it says an autobiography, The Other Side of Oz, Buddy Epson. And that way you can see what he looks like, too, anybody who's looking. You he can was see a him. handsome guy. Even as an old Very. man, he was handsome. Yeah, he was I mean, a he handsome senior. Absolutely. And that's Nine, how, this is the, the man I grew up with. He was over 50 when I was born. So my, I'm the youngest of six girls. I have a brother that's a year younger. So I really wanted to search out the guy. He didn't talk much, you know, about his early career. We didn't know the story of the Wizard of Oz until we were adults. Oh wow! I mean, it's well, really I, I don't think I don't think Buddy's personality was extrovert. I no. think he was an introvert. Introvert. You could see that in his work. He was yeah. very shy and very withdrawn in his work. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but on stage, absolutely in his element, loved his audience. Was totally that was where he connected. You know, to that spiritual. It was spiritual for him, an experience to 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 uh, entertain. He was like you. Well, yeah, or maybe I'm like you. <laughs> you're, you're very open and out there and honest. And I know I'm going to, and listen, I'm not blowing smoke up your butt because I hate to do that. I hate people like that. You know, darling, let's do lunch, phony Hollywood. I despise those people. I avoid them. What I'm saying to you is I know already by who you are that it's going to be a great news. I want Stan Zimmerman to come. Could we? I'm gonna. Can I invite somebody? Absolutely. <laughs> do you know who? Do you know who Stan Zimmerman is? I don't. The writer for the Golden Girls. He writes. Oh, for, wait a second. I'm not finished. He writes for Gilmore Girls. He wrote the Gilmore Girls. He's got the first season play. of the Golden the Girls. <laughs> wait a second. He's got the hit play out right now. The Diary of Anne Frank, done with all oh. Hispanic cast in Hollywood. They're screaming about it. Excuse me. Oh, not finished. He did he's the Brady got, Bunch movies. He's got a knife to oh. the heart. Which is a, about a Jewish, a Jewish couple, a Jewish circumcision. Circumcision. It's one. Stan Zimmerman is the best, and he's pushing a new thing called Silver Foxes, which will be the Golden Girls, but done with four gay men in Palm Springs. Oh, fantastic! So you're gonna <laughs> love Stan Zimmerman. Now, he's somebody you like have to know. You have to know him. I'm gonna well, invite. Yeah, him. We're looking for people that will help us take it to the next step. You know, we we've been doing it for a couple of years. This is a brand new show. It's different. We did it last summer, but it's, it has so many new things in it. Keeps morphing. Keeps getting better. And I know my dad's right by my side, just going. He feeds me little things. Things pop into my head and th lines and things to write. I find new pictures and new stories. It's really amazing experience for me. Now, I want to, I'm going to say something because I'm one of these uh, people that really don't care what I ask because, <laughs> you know, you're my victim now. Um, well, you were like a brat and dad and you didn't get along because you were a hippie and you were way out there and you were not what daddy wanted you to be. What did, why, did, why didn't you speak to him for that period of time? You know, what? okay, all right, well, yeah. <laughs> I touched on it. Uh, my parents were having some marital problems, and we had two different residences and um, that we could go to. You know, we had a, a place where I rode horses. I used to show horses, and then we had a place on the beach. And when they started having trouble, they just started living in different places, but they weren't divorced. So we didn't see him a lot. So he, you know, from pretty much the age of 12, I suppose, 
it was really my older sisters sort of raising me. And I mean, we saw him and he came into the picture. That, but that wasn't when the disconnect started. It, that was sort of the distance of me growing up. And then he wanted me to go into, I, he wanted me to sing jazz. And I, I was sort of a 70s rock and roller. I was, you know, completely that. And I didn't know what I wanted. And I just went off in search of my own voice. And he thought, you know, like a lot of fathers, I know what's good for you. You should do this. And when I said, you know, I'm going to do that, he sort of had his feelings hurt. And I was like, well, I got to do what I'm going to do. And then later we we had some issues with just him not really getting the type of music that I was putting out. And that hurt my feelings. Like he just didn't understand it. Therefore, he wouldn't support it. And it hurt my feelings. And he got, my parents got divorced. He moved on, married a new woman. And started a new life. And I was in my 20s. And so for 10 years, we talked, but we weren't close. Right. Weren't close. And, okay. And, and what what year was your, what year was your father born? In uh, 1908. Okay. 1908. Oh my, my mother my mother my mother was born 1910. My father was born 1905. People from that generation did not understand the change in music, no. the change in people. She, he wanted you to be a vaudevillian. Okay, my mother was Jenny Gabriel, the silent movie actress, and I grew up. And my mother said to me, "You will not be in the business because you will starve." What do you think you're going to be a movie star? So you know that's the kind of crap I had to listen to. Um, right. I understand. I simply, as I left the house to go see my friends, I used vulgarity at my mother in my mind. By saying "f you," you don't know what you're talking about. Why? Because you gave it up to get married and have kids, and you you hate yourself because you didn't pursue your career. Well, screw you! I'm going to do mine, and here I am, 78 years old, still working. Yeah. And and my mother's alongside of me, going, "Oh, oh, oh!" Right? <laughs> I mean, I don't you feel like I feel such a powerful, more of a connection, a wonderful, beautiful spiritual connection with my parents having passed my mother my mother was in the theater too and she was a ball buster both between the both of them it was like oh my god I and mean, they were brilliant but they were it was hard for them because their way of supporting us was just to be kind of hard on us <laughs> you know no i understand and my father no was in my family i had to audition for my mother I, you know same with my dad it was not easy <laughs> I so had the same thing. My father was a set designer. He wanted me to be an architect. He wanted me to be a draftsman, all that boring crap. My mother wanted me to work for Con Edison because they give you benefits when you retire. Mm -hmm. My sister married a documentary movie producer who really, I mean, I was surrounded by people and no one supported me. And no one right. said, go for it. They all had their feelings what I should do. And I think yeah. it's because they knew I was gay. And they figured you ain't going anywhere in this business because you act like a fruit. Then, you know, I think that's what it was. You know, gay but act. I think deep down, you're, you know, I know my parents loved me and they were trying to protect me. And I know my dad was, you know, in that era too, I'm going to protect you. We don't want you to suffer like I did. My dad struggled hard. I mean, he struggled. Of course he They're, did. You know, they, they lost all their money in the crash of the Florida land boom. My dad had to drop out of med school. He went to New York with $26. He didn't even have enough money for an overcoat. He stuffed the newspaper down his shirt to stay warm when he traveled from the subway to his sure. apartment. He lost parts. He, he became, he had, he was ill from that makeup. He, MGM dropped him. He went through so many highs and lows. But it, and he had people, he had William Morris Jr. was his agent, dropped him and said, quit. This was right after the war. Said, you're, you're, you're washed up. You're, you're, you were part of a dance team, and now you're washed up. Television doesn't want you. 
Bullshit. So, Look what happened. Yeah, <laughs> Screw you. With a, young wife and a couple of kids and it's like, what are you going to do? So he just kept going. And that's inspirational to me. And I understand where he's coming from. And come on, we're too old to hold grudges anymore. You know, this is our life. What are you going to do with it? Carry the baggage or are you going to break free and find your own voice? I love what find- you're doing. I love what you're well, doing. F- with finding your- yeah, go ahead. I, wanna, I have two things because somebody, did you, do you, did you play with the symphony orchestra? I, I have. I've um, performed with the Pasadena Pops Orchestra. I did that uh, last summer. I've worked with the Austin Symphony. Um, and in, I've done a lot of Pops gigs, like with Christopher Cross, Indianapolis. They're Nashville, like Googling um, you. The, the chat room is Googling you, and they're posting up all the stuff. She played with the Symphony <laughs> and this and that, and they all like love you. They're like, well, it's if, such if you, a fascinating a second, guest. Hang on. If you love her so much and you're in the L.A. area, you want to go to you the play. must get a ticket and come see this wonderful musical, this autobi- the bi- not an auto, but a biography of Buddy Epson. What is the price of the tickets? Because people like to know the, the ticket price is $25. Very reasonable. You're very yeah. reasonable. That's and not even a lunch. I right, right? Ugh, so, a um, hamburger I'll, and malt. Yeah, the $25 tickets, and if you check Gold Star, there might be some Gold Star there, but please, you know, come support. It's a, it's beautiful live theater. You'll be where, deeply moved. Where, wait, where do we actually go to get tickets? Chicken where do they go? Do they have tickets? Uh, Theaterwest.org. Theaterwest.org, you guys, to get tickets to Dad to with Love, a tribute yeah. to Buddy Epson. And then my other question is, growing, growing up when you were like five, six, seven, eight, you know, and your dad... Uh, is a famous star. Like, did you did you actually get that? Like, when you're that young, do you get uh, that your parent is somebody really question. important? Great question, because I talk about it on my show too. Because there was definitely a shift of when we were when we finally. Because I'm my brother and I are the youngest. We saw our dad on television when we were about three and four years old, and we were like, "This is magic." Because first of all, we had one of those giant console TVs. You know, it takes up your whole living room. It there's dad in black and white. This is magic. What is this thing? Our dad's on the We call it the box. So we also thought every dad was on television. We thought everybody's dad was an actor because we didn't understand what acting was. Oh, dads just appear on this thing. And then the other cute story is that we kept watching the television during the day thinking we could find him on other shows because if he was on that show, surely he was on another show somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> the channel we finally found a show that we would watch every day and my mother finally came in and said what are you doing and we said we're watching dad and she goes that's Florence Welk <laughs> oh go away I can't believe you go away go away you got it you know when I interviewed Lorna Luft my first question to Lorna was I hate to ask you this stupid question Lorna but what was it like being the daughter to Judy Garland and the sister Eliza Minnelli and she said I have no idea I never had another mother to compare it to and that's exactly the answer you know that's true we don't really know uh, I was not really into the celebrity part of it. We were also raised outside of Hollywood. We, we were in Hollywood for a couple of years, and then we moved to Balboa Island. We were around boats and, and you know, the outdoors. I, then we later moved to the Santa Monica Mountains, got into horses, which I still do. I still do a lot of work with horses and horse rescue. Um, so I love performing, but the celebrity part of it is still kind of creepy to me. It's, it's creepy to me, too. Yeah. Yeah. We saw a lot of, you know, just people swarming my dad, and I didn't, that wasn't a life that really appealed to me, dealing with I, that. I, oh, I hate, pardon my word, but they're called star fuckers, and mm-hmm. there are so many of them in Palm Springs, you could vomit. If you're a yeah. celebrity here, they crawl up you, they all want to hang out with you, use your name, invite you to parties just to make yeah. the parties better, and I despise those people, and I avoid them like the plague. Well, because it's, it's nothing to do, it's, it has nothing to do with art. It has no. nothing to do with 
And that's where I reside. People right say to me, like, people, people, people say to me, what's it like being an actor and going to make a movie? I said, what's it like? You get up at five o'clock in the morning, you go into a freezing, ugly studio that stinks, all ugly beams and wires hanging all over. Then they torture you by pulling your hair out of your head. They slap some crap on your face that makes it itchy. And then about five hours later, when they finally got the lighting right and the setup right, you have to go out there and do your lines. And then you somebody forgets a line and you have to do it all day long till 11 o'clock at night. So let yeah. me tell you something. It's a factory. And yeah. we're slaves. And we're treated like slaves. Directors yeah. are mean. They yell at you. They curse at you. Other actors get annoyed with you if you don't do what you're supposed to do. They rent yeah. to their dressing room. It's so, not as glamorous as oh, everybody it's a thinks. Horrible, <laughs> the horrible no, business. I'll tell you, my dad was an avid sailor, and he loved sailing. He loved his boats. He was in the Coast Guard in the, in the World War II. And, you know, that was where his heaven was. And whenever he wasn't in the studio, he was on the boat. He would race his boat in Sonata Roast, race to Hawaii and back. And, and I think he wished he had more time doing that. He also wished, he, he, he also loved to write musicals. So I, he wrote a few, he never had the hit musical. So I'm really happy to be doing this kind of work in his honor that's on the stage, it honors my, my family and, and, and the real honest journey of the ups and downs. It's not all great, but you can end up in such a beautiful place if you, if you allow it. Absolutely. Well, how many times was your dad married? Uh, three. <laughs> three times. Oh, in Hollywood, that's nothing. Second. My mother was his second. Um, they were married for 38 years. Oh, wow. No, I asked Lana time. Turner how many years were you married? She had to think. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She stopped. Well, she was old and not well. But she stopped and she said, well, let me see now. <laughs> she had a count in her head, I think seven times or some stupid thing like that. I think yeah. Jaja Gabor had them all beat. Oh, really? I think she had like 11 or something. I don't know. It's ridiculous. So three is not bad. So which yeah. one are you? Are you middle? I am the second marriage, yes. Um, and that is, uh, my dad had two daughters from his first marriage, and then he had the five of us with his second. And um, his, third, his third, He was. it was later in life. And, he, you know, he, he was passionate about it, all of it. You know, I think so he... He had nine man. children. He had... Now you're gonna make me think. Nine, eight. no, five, eight, eight children. So was he? So now you can understand why he wasn't able to divide himself into eight pieces. It's hard. <laughs> well, I had two. By the time we came along, you know, he was over fifty. He was done. Both my parents. We had older sister. I, you know, I had older sisters, so they they pretty much raised us. Okay, that's what families did anyway. Um, but like my brother said, we were basically raised by wolves because after a while, you just sort of figure <laughs> out what to do with yourself. We were driving cars at, you know, eight years old. So, um, you know, we lived get, on a ranch. So I get that from a lot of uh, celebrities, children who are now my age, you know, whose parents were great. Like Barbara, Barbara never had, Barbara Stanwyck never had children. But of that genre, you know, that era of people, um, Joan Crawford, they loved to show as the most wicked woman in the world. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, Liza Minnelli and people that knew her daughter, Christina, didn't see that. Right. Either Joan hit it well or Hollywood decided to really have a ball with Joan Crawford. I'm not saying she was the best parent, but I don't think she was as evil as Mommy Dearest. What do you think? Uh, Joan Crawford? Yeah, have I, you any input of that? Do any kids talk yeah. about it? Oh, um, well, not, not about Joan Crawford, but I mean, I have... I'm, I have Friends that are in the in, that are, whose parents were big stars, you know, like um, really good friends with the Ferreras, you know, which is um, Jose Jose Ferrer and Rosemary Clooney's children, and also I'm friends with Todd Fisher, 
and um, the whole the whole Debbie Reynolds um, situation. Yeah, I, I knew Debbie. There's a lot of, you know, it's complicated because sometimes, you know, those, especially women in the business, uh, dealt with so much and um, there's just so many pitfalls, you know, you, from from just substance abuse to mental illness to just trying to, to being taken advantage of and just yes. try, trying to keep yourself afloat and by men, you know, come in and, you know, uh, t take their money and whatever it is. But, uh, and the kids just have to, again, like just dodge the thunderbolts that happen, you know, with, between their parents and some of them do better than others. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I have, I just have a lot of um, empathy for anybody in my position that grows up with parents that are larger than life and that are out here trying to make a difference. You know, we're still trying to make a difference, even though our names, you know, they, they, they carry a bit of weight, you know. I love it. Well, look I love at the, it. Look at the, let me just do this one thing. Yeah, two minutes. So well, uh, Clark Abel and Loretta Young had a child, daughter, out of wedlock. And for so many years, that daughter was denied the right to be Clark Abel's daughter because Loretta Young said she adopted her in Europe. That's how strict Hollywood was. So this poor girl grew up looking exactly like Clark Abel. She even had to have her ears pinned back um, and was denied the right to be Clark Abel's daughter. I think that's one of the most horrible stories I've ever heard in Hollywood. Yeah, that's sad. But that she finally came forward and now it's proven that she is Clark Abel's daughter with Loretta Young. Uh, they made a movie together, Clark and Loretta. They fell in love. She got pregnant. Is that the house that Chris lives in? Yeah, my there? friend Chris yeah, Bennett, the singer, she lives in Loretta Young's house. You're here in Palm Springs. Yeah, so, I so, so when I went there, I kind of was waiting for the vibes and saying, Loretta, you bad girl. Ah. What you did to your daughter all those years denying her her true dad. So real quick, because we got the chat room asking, we've only got a few minutes to go. Um, they all want to know if you have music. like so. Where, where can they like hear your music? And do you have music available for sale? Ah. Are you on iTunes or anywhere? Yeah, my iTunes. Kiki Ebsen. Kiki Ebsen. K I K I, you guys. Ebsen. E B S E N. And I have I have seven records. They're all available on iTunes. You can buy them off my website. Please come to my website and visit me. I do shows locally all all the time. Um, this is my theatrical show, but I play in clubs and I do original songs. And I would love to. And chat what with is you your all. what? What's your actual website? It's KikiEbsen.com. There you go, you guys. Can't and she's also and she's Kiki Epson on Twitter, you guys. But just make sure you spell Kiki K I K I E B S E N. That's um, right. That way, that way you can get her on Twitter. She's on Twitter. She plays. You uh, definitely want to go see "To Dad with Love," a tribute to Buddy Epson. It's uh, October twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth in L.A. If you know anybody at TCM. Tweet to yeah, me or email me and let me know because we would love for her to be able to record something talking about her father on TCM. That would be the coolest thing I ever. Mean, absolutely, because he cannot be overlooked by Hollywood. He was such an important uh, part of, of film. Uh, Kiki, how'd you get your name? Kiki. My real name is Kirsten. I am I am named actually after my father, who is Christian. That's his real name, and um, I couldn't pronounce it. I said Kiki when I was a little girl. So, so they went, okay, cute. my name is Kiki. Well, you are Kiki to me, I and after the show, we're coming backstage to hug and kiss you and tell you how wonderful you are or how lousy you are. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt lousy. <laughs> I doubt lousy because from that trailer, I seriously doubt lousy. Everyone out there listening, if you want to hear music, because music is the food of life, and we know that. A, a Broadway musical, what is more delicious than seeing somebody singing and possibly dancing? So go. Go see this musical. I know you're going to go home and tell your friends about it because she's the daughter of a great star, and that talent is here. And I've witnessed it today, and so have you. And Kiki, my sweet. 
I've only offered this to certain people. When you come to Palm Springs, if you don't call us and come over for dinner, I'm going to cut your hair to the root. Oh, goodness. <laughs> right down to the root. I Right there. I can't wait. I look forward to it. No, because we always always have friends, celebrity friends over, so you'll be in business people, but the nice ones, not the phonies. You'll love it. Kiki, good luck with everything. We can't wait to see you on October 12th. We'll see you on the stage. And we're gonna e- email me. We're gonna work out that Turner Classic movie things because yes. I'm gonna work that out. I'm gonna ha- see if we can work that out because I think should we should be, be able to. I-, I wish Bob was still alive. He would have done it in a minute. Love you. Yeah, we'll see Bob. you soon. And thank, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Kiki. Bye, everybody. Bye. See, see you next week, everybody. Thanks you. for tuning in. While. Bye. What a delicious woman. Wasn't that fabulous, Delight- Chad? Delightful talent. Every show you guys put together is a good show, no doubt. Well Absolutely. done. Absolutely, you guys. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for being in the chat room. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Next Have a great week. weekend. Bye.